Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. So lovely as always to be here with you guys today. It's uh, in full transparency, we're about authenticity here at Heartway. It's so funny because Raph started bringing the chair up for the person doing center in prayer. I was thinking I was doing next week, and so I'm just sitting there like, oh, great, this is going to be amazing. They're like, Ryan, get up here. And I was like, oh, my bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and here we are. It's all about being present, right? <laughs> I feel like that's the message that has been reverberating through my life experience recently, the importance of letting yourself slow down a little bit. You know, because we are so focused on doing so many things, on pursuing our aspirations, on having have tos in our life. I gotta get up, I gotta finish this, I gotta finish that. And we end up bringing our mind into other locations. But now, is the only place that I can truly experience God. Because now is all there is to just actually take a moment to not just hear that with your mind, but hear that with your body right now. What does it mean to be fully here? And as we get comfortable, as you allow yourself to find a position that feels most natural to you, And as you choose, you may close your eyes, but as you do so, see if you can experience now fully. See if as you breathe, You can relinquish the need to hear my next word. See if as you breathe, you can let go of anticipation. Feel the sensations in your body. You don't need to judge them. Observe them. See 
if as you breathe, you can feel the expansion of your belly. You can feel the fullness of the oxygen in your lungs. It's restorative. It's grounding. You're in a safe space. You don't need hypervigilance. You can rest. What a beloved gift it is to rest. There's nothing you need to do right now. Even for only this moment, will you grant yourself rest? Rest in your mind. Rest in your emotions. Rest in your body.
that for but one more minute of this centering prayer, I ask you to open your heart and mind to receive this one message. I love you. from your performance, separate from what you do, I love you. And if this mound of dust that sits before you can love you unconditionally, Imagine the love of God that surrounds you and encompasses you in safety and peace. Let it fall on you like a cascading waterfall. as one communal body together. Let's breathe this in. One more, that was too good. Let's breathe this in. into your body. You guys are in for a treat today. We love you, Hartway. My, uh, my teaching today is called Grieving with God. And it's something that I think we all deal with in many ways, the grieving aspect of it. And I really want to teach today how we can do this with God. I think a lot of times we feel alone when we're grieving. And remember that grief doesn't have to be with the loss of just someone. It can also be the loss of an idea of what you were attached that you believed was going to happen, a relationship, a job. It could really be anything. So when we're talking today, I want you to expand your thinking and not limit it to just the idea of when we lose a person, but the loss of anything that we're experiencing. So we're going to start with this quote that's up here. Grief is the price we pay for love. I'm not sure if she's the only one that said it, but that's who popped up was Queen Elizabeth. Um, but I thought the most beautiful part about that is that's truly how, why we grieve is because we've allowed ourselves to love. Love the idea, love the person, whatever it may be. And because we love, we attach. We get excited about that and we really close in on it. And then when it goes away, it's very challenging for us and we begin to grieve. 
But I think a lot of times we focus a lot, this generation, on why are we here? What's our purpose in life? Like, what are we doing here? And we don't really focus on the how. Like, how do we do life? How do we go through things? You know, so with grief, we're like, why am I experiencing this? Why is this happening? Versus how do I get through this? And that's what I really want to focus on today is our how. So it's really about finding your life force. Finding your life force. In the yogic tradition, our life force is called our prana. If you've heard it before, the prana energy. And it's our vital energy source. It's what moves us. It's what fills us up with life. Any living being has this energy. In Christianity, it's God. It's the Holy Spirit within us, inside of us. And that is our life force. So in this moment, God is not necessarily your why, but he's your how. God, the life force within you, is your how to move you forward. You know, our life force is really the only part of us that's capable of guiding us when we're lost. Because when we're lost, what happens? Everything is into chaos. We can no longer see clearly. Instead, our insecurities come up, our deep shadows that's what starts to come up inside of us. But if we're steadfast in our life force, if we're grounded in God, we have that how. We have our way to move forward. So we're going to start with our first level, the relationship with your body and identifying your shadows. This is really important when it comes to grieving because as many of you, I'm sure you've experienced grief, when when we're experiencing the hardest times, our deepest, darkest, I don't want to say secrets, but it's like our insecurities, our flaws, the things that we've really pushed down, they come up. When we're struggling, all of that comes out. And it's really important to focus on this or creating this relationship with your body and with your shadows. So I want you to think about this as thinking about what inside of you have you suppressed? And it can also be a physical thing. It doesn't just have to be an emotional thing, but it can also be very physical. There's parts of yourself, maybe the 13-year-old version of you that you don't want to remember anymore. Maybe parts of yourself that you haven't really loved, that you've tried to um, shy away from, or that you've really pushed down. So it's important for us to connect with our shadow because if we cannot embrace all of ourselves, how can we embrace a God that embraces us? How can we really say we believe in God if we don't believe that we are perfect? And we don't believe that we are a child of God, that we're full of purpose and that we're worthy. You see, that's the interesting thought. It's like we're so quick to be like, yes, I believe in God. But then when we're struggling with, with stuff, we're like, oh, we're worthless. We're nothing. But then how does that align? How can we say we believe in a power greater than us that's within us, but then we don't believe in that power within us when we're struggling? That's why this part is so important. You gotta deal with your ish. I may curse a little today, so I'm sorry. We got some kids in the room. But for real, we really gotta deal with our stuff because it comes up and it always comes up when we need it least, like when we're already struggling with everything, we don't need that to pop up, but it's there 
and it comes up and it's almost like this monster inside of us. And what happens, we run further away from ourselves and from God. If you really start to think about when we become really honest, really authentic with ourselves, we don't hide anything. The door is open. You go into that closet and you see all that's in there. But when you kind of shy away and you keep that door closed and you only open the pretty closet where everything is organized and color coordinated, I imagine Borchen's uh, closet like this, like just like amazingly organized. But you gotta open that dirty closet too. You gotta open up the closet that has all of your stuff in there and really embrace it and create this relationship with it where you can love it. You can honestly meditate on this. There are ideas where you can sit with yourself and start to think about all of those things that you've suppressed and then create a healthy relationship with it. You know, allow that part of you to speak to you and tell you, what does it need? What is that 13-year-old version of you? I bring it up because I was not that cute when I was 13. I know, hard to believe, but <laughs> I was not that cute back then. And it was a big thing for me because in the Hispanic culture, being beautiful is a big thing. And my mom is, but was really, really beautiful. So everywhere that I went, it was like, oh my God, your mom is so beautiful. And I just felt like this little ugly duckling walking around everywhere. But that stuff pops up when you're struggling with things, those things that you really put down. And so now I can sit with that 13-year-old version of me and I can tell her, I love you. You're here with me. There's no ugly in me. All of that was part of my process. So really developing that relationship with your shadow, with the darkness within you. It's important to do this also because of part X. So I don't know if any of you all have seen the Suts documentary. Okay, awesome. So I watched it and I was very, um, I was really influenced, but also just like my imagination took over because the way that he described, it's a therapist, it's Jonah Hill. He is doing an interview on his therapist and he's sharing tools on how you can get through a lot of different things, but practical tools. And the way that he described it, this next part is our part X. So it's the voice of impossibility when faced with adversity. I almost thought about calling it the ego, but I've really learned now that our ego actually is there to protect us. So think of the ego as a part of us that's really protecting our little me. This part X is not trying to protect you. The way he said it is trying to F-ish up. He's trying to come in and just mess it all up. But we all have that part of us. So that part X of you is that judgmental side of you. That side of you that honestly doesn't really want you to succeed. That self-sabotaging that wants to instill that fear in you so you don't go outside of your box. So you don't push yourself a little bit harder. So you don't step on stage and speak your truth. That's that part of you. But Will we honestly ever get away from part X? Will we ever not have a part X? No, that's part of us, we're human. We're gonna have that fear within us. But what is the purpose of our part X? It's so that we can learn to overcome part X time and time again with God. So 
when you're struggling with these thoughts, with these emotions, with these ideas of yourself that are just crippling, like honestly, think of them as crippling. I can think of if you're so depressed that you just can't get out of bed because these thoughts are overwhelming you. It's this heaviness that you just cannot move past this grief that you're experiencing. But now we have our how. With God, we're able to move past that and recognize and observe that that's not actually the reality. That's not who we actually are. Those are just thoughts, emotions, really illusions in our mind. You know, he mentioned one thing that I thought was interesting. He said, don't walk around asking the world to give you evidence that you do not belong because it will show you. But that's because we're looking to our outside world, not our internal world. Our internal world says that you are welcome, you belong, you are the queen, the king of that kingdom right there. You are right next to God. God is with you. But we always seek our acceptance outside of ourselves. We go to that outside world rather than going within ourselves. That's where our groundedness lays. That's where God is. Once you're able to find peace within your own world, then your peace becomes, uh, becomes a mirror. Everything that you experience in life now is grounded in peace, now is full of all that worthy, now is full of all that love, even the bad stuff, even when you lose all that you thought you were supposed to have. This message really came to me through my own grieving. I lost my cousin uh, this Thanksgiving break and it wasn't a, she was murdered. Like I, I really, she was killed and it was very tragic, very young girl. Um, and by all means, if you question it scientifically, it was not supposed to happen. Like it's just not her. And through the process of grieving, I started to ask myself why Am I so focused on the why? The why doesn't matter, it doesn't. It's not about the why. It's now, how do I get through this? And what are the steps I'm going to take to move forward in my life, to live fully? And I really realized that, you know, we get so caught up because we get attached, we're human beings. Human beings are always gonna attach themselves to things, to whatever it is, because we love. But God never promises you that we're gonna be here forever. That your idea of a perfect relationship is going to last forever. That the job that you wanted is going to be there forever. God only promises you an experience. You're here to experience life and to grow through it if you so wish to. Because he'll keep testing you and then you decide if you're going to take that opportunity to grow and evolve. So. I'm sitting at my dining room table with my family and my aunts are sitting there and they're just like, I think we're cursed. You know, this doesn't make sense. Like so many bad things have happened. There's been other tragic things in our family and I'm sitting there like, damn, I don't know. Like maybe you guys maybe know something. I don't know. Like, I don't know. And then I look at my grandmother, devout Catholic, but the most beautiful kind, like, she just prays and connects with God and loves all. 
And I just see her there. And, and she's not necessarily def- like telling them to stop talking or anything, but she's just sitting very quietly, almost in a meditative state. And I look over to her, and when they're all done talking, she goes, I'm just grateful that God gave us her. I'm just grateful that we had her, that we had that time. So I started to really think, I'm like, why would God do this to one of his most devout like servants? I'm not going to say I am. I try to be, but my grandmother really is. I mean, everything is God for her. But it's because of that. Because even when she's faced with this, with these tribulations, when she's faced with adversity, it's still glory to God. It's still, thank you, God, for what you gave me. Thank you, God, for the time that I got to spend with her. Thank you for the learning. Thank you for the healing that we're going to have now. Thank you, God. It's always glory to God above all. But we become, as humans, we start to idolize other things above God. And it's, it's very normal for this to happen, but it's something that you really have to check yourself with and humble yourself. What comes before God, I promise you, he will take it away from you. Because he's going to ask you, is it me or is it them? What is it? What do you really believe in? And I want to challenge you a little bit today because we're really cool here. We're very spiritual. We're very open. But let's be honest. When you pass over to that spirituality side, to that side where you're living with God and you believe in God, then you got to love him even when things aren't going your way, even when he takes things away from you that you can't fathom to believe that he took it from you, that it crumbles you to the ground. That's when you lean onto God. This strength that you can get from leaning onto God when you have nothing left, that's a power that nobody other than God can give you. That's a strength within yourself that will move mountains. I promise you, I stand here as I am because I constantly lean on God. I'm not gonna say that I don't suffer or that I don't grieve or that I'm not sad, but it's still glory to God. Thank you, thank you God for all that you've put me through because now I'm here and I can share And I can open my heart up to others. So when we really focus back on that, think about your own life and the things that God maybe has taken away from you or maybe is taking away from you. And you're holding on so tight, so tight. What if you just let go? What if you trusted God so radically I'm talking about that blind, like, I don't even know I'm falling off a cliff right now, but I know God's got me kind of faith. Like, jump off the cliff. He will grab you, and he'll hug you and love you. It's hard to feel it in the moment when we're grieving, but I promise you, he's there. But he may not show you that he was there for a while. And that's the hard part. It's the waiting. It's the being patient in the agony. It's the trusting that I'm going to get through this, but not with my mind, but with my heart. You know, when all of this happened with my cousin, I think that I, uh, I deal with uh, like grief and just like really like crazy situations, honestly, 
intellectually, like I analyze it very well. Like I understand this happened. I understand that I can move forward. I understand that X, Y, and Z. Like I know how to take my steps. But this was the first time that my body was not ready for me to move on yet. And I physically started to get hives. And it was so crazy. I went to the doctor. I'm like, what happened? He's like, honestly, I can't tell you because you're not eating anything in particular. You haven't changed your, um, you know, like you're not intaking anything. So I'm telling Talon, I'm like, oh my God, something's wrong with me. And I'm like freaking out. And he's so cute. He's just quiet looking at me. He already knows. He's like, you need to cry. You need to cry, baby girl. You need to just let all of these emotions go. And I realized then when I really broke and I let myself fall. It's gonna sound small, but like I didn't go to the gym for a week, like two weeks almost. I didn't wanna do yoga. I didn't wanna talk to anyone. I was, I was sad. And then I woke up and I just prayed. And I felt like God told me, You're I'm, like you still chose me. You didn't run away from me when you could have. You could have run further and further away from me, but you came closer to me. And each day that I stepped closer into God, deeper within myself, he gave me this strength to just move forward. And now I can have these types of conversations and actually believe it. Not just say, hey, I promise you, you can get through it with God. It's like, no, I did it. I'm doing it. And I promise you, you can do it too. But we have to always, always trust and put God first, especially when we don't understand. Thank you. The next part is our relationship with people. So this part um, is actually perfect. I'm going to lead us into just a small exercise, if you will, with me. Um, so the, the part of this with the relationship with, um, with people, this is our reminder of our connection to the world because we isolate ourselves usually when we're struggling with something. We want to hide away. We don't want to see anyone because God forbid they make us laugh and we smile like, no, I'm supposed to be sad. You know, like we're not allowed to have any other feeling. Human interaction reminds us of the divinity within each of us. Because when you start to accept and see that worthy in you, then you, it's a mirror. I see it in you. I see it in all of you. All different versions of God. All different manifestations of God. But now, I say that easily because I genuinely like all of you. None of you have done anything bad to me. But I want you to actually now imagine someone who's actually hurt you. Someone who you really dislike. Maybe I'll say even hate. Someone that's just not good broke your heart. Now close your eyes. I want you to put both hands on your heart. And I want you to take a deep breath. Exhaling. As you close your eyes, I want you to imagine a universe full of love. It's a world that is dense with loving energy. Feel yourself feeling all the loving energy of the world. Now you become the principal leader of love. Imagine the person who has hurt you, the person who has wronged you, and send them all of this love. Really feel the energy going towards them, penetrating their soul. Feel your love entering their being. 
at this exact moment, you become one. Slowly release and open up your eyes. This is it, guys. That dense love is God's love. When you can see that love in every single person, when you can see that we are all one, that there is no separation no matter what they've done, no matter what they haven't done, no matter how bad they've hurt us, it's not about them. This is actually about you. You get freed from what we call a maze. The next part is their relationship with self, which is the maze. This is your quest for fairness. This is where you need it to be right and they're wrong. This is where everything has to be rebalanced. But what happens? We get lost. Imagine a maze. Because you're fighting one way, they're fighting another way. And you're sensing this or you're creating this separation between the two of you, the right and the wrong. You feel like when I get paid back, everything will be fair and everything will be just in this world. I'll speak for myself. When everything happened with my cousin, finding the person who did this was a big, big deal. A big deal for the community, for my family, for justice. It was not a big deal for me. Because ultimately, two lives are destroyed. Families have been hurt. And my grandmother, this is the most wildest thing she said, I'm being honest. We had like a little therapy session. And she goes, what would you guys say to this person if you saw him? And all of us are like, oh my gosh, like, can we not? That's too much. She's like, well, I want to share. I hope that he finds God. I hope that he finds love. I hope that he doesn't have to go to jail, that he can just go get therapy somewhere or go somewhere that will actually heal him because obviously he is so far removed from love. Who says this? Like, you know, I want to get to a place where that's the love that I feel, but I, I'm telling you guys, I feel like I'm getting there because I understand that justice is not on this plane. Justice is served no matter what. God is in control. He is in charge. You know, a perfect story of this is of Job. He was one of God's servant leaders. And, you know, the devil went up to God and said, you know, you don't have anyone that's really going to follow you, that really is going to uh, believe in you as much as you say they will. And he goes, go ahead, do whatever you want, but don't kill him. So he goes. And I'm telling you, he wrecked his world up. I'm talking, like everything is jacked up, lost his family, lost his uh, cattle or his, you know, all his stuff, just lost everything. I mean, family, children, his job, his life. I mean, everything was destroyed and he still praised God. He still praised God. And that's the hardest thing to do, but imagine that to be able to have nothing, to lose all that you love and deeply care for and to still praise God because you're alive, because you're here, because you trust that there is a reason this is happening. It's beyond my understanding because God is beyond our understanding. That's the silliest thing we can do is try to understand God. You can't. You can know God. You can feel God. You can experience God. But to understand God, at least I don't believe that I can do that yet. 
It's beyond what my mind can even conceptualize. If I were to try to understand God, I would be limiting God on what he can actually do, on how he can actually change me and those around me. But this is an important part, too, because it reminds us that we can also trust within ourselves. You know, in, in the story, like one of his friends, I'm sorry, I don't know all, all the names, but one of his friends was like, you know, God doesn't love you. You must have sinned. You must have really misbehaved for all of this to happen. You probably just shouldn't believe in God anymore. And he still chose to believe within himself. I think that's what happens is when bad things happen. And yes, I'm not going to deny. There's cause and effect, right? There's karma. But sometimes stuff just happens. It doesn't mean that you're bad. It doesn't mean that you're less loved. It doesn't mean that you're forgotten or forsaken. It's just life. And we just have to take one step forward every day. But where are those steps? Are you stepping towards God? Or are you stepping further away from God? That's all that it is. Because ultimately, at least what I think, we return to God. At the end of our days, we return to God. So you're always going to come back to God. Now, do you want to live a life with him? Or do you want to only experience him after you've perished? Right? Your soul will be with him. Eternity, that's when you have that eternity. But you can experience God right now, grounding yourself in him, having, developing that relationship with yourself. You know, that's the pain in love is that we grieve. We grieve because we've loved, because we attach. And the interesting part, too, is that, you know, it's our vessel, our body that actually attaches to things. This is the instrument for which we attach. So we talk a lot here about non-attachment. Try to practice non-attachment. Become non-attached. That's baloney. Like, we're never going to be not attached. Let's be honest. you got to be realistic with yourself. We love, we want, we attach, but we don't have to become. Who we are, what we're grounded in, is in God. So God can take all everything away from you, just like he did with Job, just like he did with our family in a way. But we can still be steadfast in our faith in God because that's who we are. Not the things that I have, not the ideas, not even the people in our lives. That's not who we really are. Those are just part of life. Those are those, the cherry on top of life, the experience that we get to enjoy. But really get to know yourself with God so that when things do get shaken up, you know who you are. You're not, not left lost because you're with God already. The next, uh, can we go to the quote, please? No, the other one. I think we passed it. As, yes. As the mind, so the person. Bondage or liberation are one in our mind. This is where that part X comes in, where you get to decide. Are you just a story that the mind is creating? Or is your truth grounded in God? You see, that's our reality. That's what becomes our reality. 
the highest creative expression of a human being is to be able to create something right in the face of adversity. And the worse the adversity, the greater the opportunity to grow. I want you to think about going to the beach and you grab a pile of sand. Some of it stays in your hand, but what happens to the rest of it? It falls through our fingertips. Start to imagine life in this way. Nothing is permanent. Nothing is for you to just hold on to. Everything belongs to God. So let go of that ownership. Let go of that need to cling on and to grab and just allow yourself to let go with open hands. Allow it to pass by and then see how life is for you. I'm not saying that you're going to experience less pain because actually those that start to evolve a little bit more, they start to have even more pain because then there's bigger tests that we have to experience. Right? It's like you feel like you've gotten it all down packed. You have your meditation practice. You go to the gym. Uh, you have a healthy relationship. You finally lost the five pounds that you wanted. You are killing it. And then, boom, something happens. It's when everything is going so good that stuff does kind of get bad. But this is where our perspective can change. This is where our reality can change. Because is it all bad just because you lost something or the person that you loved? Or can we experience that gratitude? That gratitude that reminds us that we had them for that amount of time, that we experienced that experience, that we had that relationship. Thank you, God, that I had that job for that time because I had to pay my bills. That's it. We get so focused on the end result rather than the actual journey within it. How do you experience your journey? That's really it. Because things are going to change all the time. People are going to come in and out of your life. You yourself are going to change. How do you deal with the journey? It's kind of like thinking, who's your co-pilot when you're in your car and you're driving? Are they fun? Are they positive? Are they ready to have a good time? Or are they just telling you, you took the wrong turn. They're yelling at you. They're upset. No good tunes, like no good music. It's like, you just gotta think about that because that person in your mind is your co-pilot in life. And I want that person to be fun. I'm not trying to have a bad time. I want to experience life with joy and love, even through adversity. And finally, our relationship with God. And it's the grateful flow. Grace is a direct response to gratitude. Grace mirrors the gratitude that we have. So it's not about being grateful. It's not about the things that you're grateful for. It's so easy to see our child or our a significant other, our parents, our success. I'm so grateful for those things. But it's the process of becoming grateful for these things. That's it. It's the journey getting to that point. I want to show you this picture, and I want you to see this dark cloud. This dark cloud is what's hovering over us at all times when things are bad. Not all times. When we're struggling, when we're facing adversity. And it almost seems, if you look from a different side, that there is no light. We see it shining behind, but the light hasn't pierced through. So how do we pierce through that cloud to get to the light? 
That's the grateful flow. That is God. With our gratitude of God, not of the things that we can hold on to, but of God and all that he does in our lives, that is how we pierce through that dark cloud. That's how we get past our depression that we're experiencing, our pain that we're suffering. It's through our gratitude with God. Grieve with God. Don't do it alone. We're not equipped to do it alone. That's what our ego tells us. Our ego tells us that we can do everything alone, that we don't need anyone or anything greater than us. But that's not true. We need God in our lives. We need him at all times. We don't only worship him when things are good. We worship him when things are not very good. We worship him when we're struggling, when we're crying, when we're lost, when we're afraid, when we don't know where to God, we worship him. Because in that moment is an opportunity for us to evolve and to grow. It is only in our darkest times that we're able to pick ourselves up with God and see the light, to pierce through this cloud and allow the light to illuminate through you into your life so that you can be this light to illuminate onto others. But this is a strength. This isn't something that you do lightly. This is something you do with all of you. Every inch of your being, you give grace to God. It's God above all because God is the one that allows us to do everything that we are here to do. God is the reason you love because he loves us. Does that make sense? Can I get an amen? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to finish up with this, uh, this last quote that I really loved. Please watch the documentary because it was really cool. Um, and this is what he said. Death is not a permanent condition. You can be afraid of death as long as you feel something after death, and that's rebirth. The idea that rebirth is possible from the very worst, the dregs of the world, the dregs of the experience, and you can make something cyclically come alive again, that's the closest we come to God. Do you get that? That even when it seems like everything is in ashes, that there's nothing, that you can take that next step forward towards God and with him, life will come again. Life is in constant motion. It's actually us that stops. And it's not a bad thing, right? We meditate here because you should take a pause. Check in with yourself. See how you're doing. But don't stay stuck. Don't stay in the past. Don't stay in an idea of something that you lost. Move forward and continue to live because God wants to work in and through you. But if you're not moving, he really can't. Not that he can't do much, but you get what I'm saying? Like, he cannot do what he really needs to with you. That purpose that you have within yourself, it's stalled. And it's okay. God gives you so much grace, and he gives us our free will to decide when we're going to wake up again, when we're going to get up again, I should say, and actually move forward. But if you take that next step, and you really wake yourself up every day with gratitude, welcoming God's grace into your being, knowing that anything and everything you're going to experience with God, you will be okay. You will be more than okay. Even through the struggles, even through the pain, God is always there. That's where it becomes your choice. That's the beautiful part of God. He's there. 
He could take over at any time, but he wants you to choose him. He wants you to ask him for help, to open up to him, to grieve with him. Don't only rejoice with him. Rejoice at all times and all seasons of your lives. Let me pray with you. God, we are so thankful for all the experiences you have put us through. God, we thank you for being in our lives, for being the life within us, for being the force that we get to live life with. Thank you, God, for allowing us to find peace and refuge within you. Thank you, God, for reminding us that we are never alone, that we are always protected and divinely guided. Thank you, God, for being the God that you are, a loving Father, constantly protecting us, showing us even in our darkest times that there is light because the light that you are is the light within us. God, we thank you. We worship you. We love you. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your day.